We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. And welcome back to Inside the Clubhouse. Hour 2, Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here with you. MLB draft coming up June 4th through the 6th. Picking 4th, your Chicago White Sox. And to talk more about that, we bring in our good buddy, the scouting director for the Chicago White Sox, head of the amateur draft and drafting, Nick Hastudler, joining us. Uh, morning, Nick. How are you today? Good, Bruce. How are you doing? Well, you sound worn out because uh, <laughs> 250 days on the road, uh, you know, looking at players culminating on June 4th here pretty soon with the uh, amateur draft, White Sox pick number four. So, you know, our great listeners and White Sox fans and baseball fans want to know the guy you're going to take. So just tell us it's uh, Brady Singer if he's there, and then, you know, we can let you get a little bit more rest. Yeah, I do. If that could give me a little bit more rest, I may think about it. <laughs> but Mr. Reinsworth probably wouldn't be very happy if I did that. No, not not I'll at keep, all. We'll keep that one straight. They're close to yeah, this has been a this has been a heck of a process this year, just with uh, picking this high and and trying to navigate through uh, just what's going to happen um, here of late. I think that's uh, one of my scouts said to me the other day that the best thing for us to do at these games the last couple of weeks is to put on noise canceling headphones and stop listening to all the rumors and and all the lies that are being told. So it's been a heck of a process here of late, but uh, I know we're ready. We're getting ready to get into the room uh, Monday morning and get started at uh, hashing all this out. And, and Nick, uh, as I look at some of the mock drafts, uh, and again, mock drafts are mock drafts uh, for a reason, but looking at them, it seems to be uh, – college heavy up top is that uh would that be your take in general as well yes but i think that um a lot of uh, a lot of what it looks like and what it seems to be is is going to be college up top um i wouldn't be totally shocked if the first five picks are are all college uh pitchers or players um it although it wouldn't shock me if one or two high school guys uh, work their way in there i know there's a few guys being rumored to be sneaking up into there and you know money plays a factor in all of this uh uh, teams' pools, uh, what they want to spend, what they want to um, spread out throughout the rest of the draft plays a huge part in this. So it wouldn't shock me if uh, come June 4th at 8, 8.30, we see a couple high school guys going up there. But the way it looks right now, it's probably going to be pretty college-heavy. You, you talk about, uh, you know, early on, a lot of people thought that um, Joey Bart, the catcher from Georgia Tech, who is looked at as a uh, pretty finished product, uh, was going to maybe drop towards you guys are you guys, uh, you know, when you look at uh, positions and you look at uh, players, how how much does the high school college part go to it, and how quickly you can get these guys to the major leagues? Yeah, it's Bruce. It's part of it's part of the evaluation process from the standpoint that 
we look at it, we discuss it, um, we understand it's there, just understanding the, the development track that each player will take. Now, I'll say this, uh, one of the big misconceptions that just because a college kid is, is three years older that his track uh, will be quicker than what a high school kid will be, and, and for the most part it is, but there are those special high school kids, and I think you've seen it with the Mike Trouts of the world, the Manny Machados, the Bryce Harpers, um, some players like that, that they don't those guys necessarily don't stay on that same track as what um, as what a lot of the high school players do. So there are some exceptions to that. I think you need to identify those high school guys before that and almost look at those uh, players similar to what you do the college player. Um, that way you kind of know when they're going to fit into your your big league club. Um, your GM will understand at the time, um, you know, where – where where the direction that you're thinking and, and why you're thinking that. So there, it, it's all a process. Um, it's all, you know, putting the pieces, the puzzles together to try to make sure that in the end and come June 4th on that on that pick when we make it that uh, everything, all the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Amateur scouting director for the Chicago White Sox, Nick Hostetler, our guest on Inside the Clubhouse. He's Mike. I'm Bruce. We're here for you every single Saturday starting next week, 9 to 11, our new time for inside the clubhouse and uh, Nick uh, tell us a little bit about uh, Brady Singer and what he does bring to the table. We're not saying you're going to take him. We're just saying from a scout perspective, what does this uh, kid out of Florida bring to the party? We've had a long track record with Brady dating back to, uh, to his, it would be the summer after his junior year in high school that we saw him in the summer. And um, then through his senior year um, in Florida in high school. And then uh, the three years at university of Florida, um, you know, the the one thing, I think it's the first thing that everybody will point out with Brady is the competitiveness that he has. Uh, the makeup on the mound is just it's superior to pretty much anyone in this draft, if you look at it. I mean, he just has a, a way to go about his business that's different than everybody else. Um, he's dialed in. You know he's in charge when he's on the mound, and, and he comes right at you. There's no... Um, there's not a whole lot of funny business with him. He's gonna he's gonna take the ball uh, every fifth day or in college every seventh day, and uh, go out there and, and give you his best effort. Um, you know what we've seen over the past? Uh, he's gotten physical, far more physical than what he was in high school. He's gotten stronger in his lower half. Um, that's helped him, um, you know, take the ball really every start um, that he's had in, in college up until two weeks ago. He pulled a hamstring that he's uh, getting back from, but. The sounds of it, talking with his head coach, Kevin O'Sullivan at Florida, that he'll be back next weekend for the regional and give uh, everybody one last look prior to the uh, prior to the draft. Nick, as, uh, as we uh, talk about and joke about your travel schedule and how crazy it is and how hectic it is, how much of, of actual live scouting is, is uh, put into the equation? Because obviously you've got video on everyone now, you've got reports on everyone, the analytics, all of the modernization of the game. How much does does the old uh, old fashioned you know scout sitting at game watching and observing player go, goes into that when you combine it with everything else? Yeah, it's still the foundation of what we do. Um, you're not you're never going to be able to replace a live look. Um, you don't see the reactions. You don't see uh, you know through video. You don't see the uh, how a player leads off a base or the reaction he gets when the ball's hit or the pitcher's reaction after he gives up a hit. Things like that that you can't see in video or you can't see through uh, through analytics that um, you know the live looks just never going to replace and and we still we still pride ourselves in having you know boots on the ground guys at the game uh, we have one of the bigger staffs in baseball and we've continued to add to that over the last couple of years and for that exact reason is we don't feel that 
you can replace the live look and being there in person um, with with any video or any any analytic. Um, now I'll say it is we've incorporated it more, and the amount of video that we have is is unbelievable. I mean, it it really is everything's at the click of a click of a mouse to get to get all of the video and get it ready to be seen. So it's huge for me because I can only be in one place at one time. So it gives me an opportunity. I, I will say after each each start that Brady Singer or Jackson Kowar or Ryan Rollison or those guys in this year's draft, each start after they had, two days later I had the access to the video that I sat down and, and I watched their starts. So um, that that has been great for us, but you're never going to be able to replace being, uh, being there in the ballpark and getting the feel for it. So uh, Alec Thomas, uh, our good friend Alan Thomas, the strength and conditioning coach of the White Sox Sun, is going to go somewhere in the first or second round, it appears. Uh, give us a, a thumbnail sketch on on Alec, and obviously it doesn't appear he he'll be able to fall to you guys uh, after the first pick. Uh, what type of player is Alec out of uh, Mount Carmel? Yeah, Alec has uh, a tremendous skill set uh, up the middle, up the middle player playing in center field with uh, plus speed. He's, he has some. He's got a little bit of power that you don't think he's going to have looking at him just because of his small stature, but. Um, he's got a big swing that when he gets uh, when he squares up the ball and gets the barrel to the ball, uh, it comes off the bat well. So he's uh, he's a tremendous kid first and foremost, um, you know. And obviously our relationship with his father and him working for us and working with us, being a teammate, um, it's been great to see Alec. You know, from the time he's been a little kid running around in the outfield, shagging balls and taking BP, uh, what he's matured into right now. Um, you know, it's this is yeah. A, you you guys have a, been part of player development. You should get a percentage. <laughs> <laughs> we have, we have. That, 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 we should tell all of that. I, I I was joking with him last year. It was about this time. It was right before the draft where I told him. I said, "Hey, you're going to have to divvy up that signing bonus to a lot of people." Uh, but he, you know, well, the one thing first and foremost, I know I am, I know our staff is we're rooting like crazy for the kid to get the best opportunity possible. If, if that happens to be, um, you know, before we pick in the second round, um, you know, that that's great. That's great for the family. It's great for the kid. And, you know, I think the big thing for, for Alec is, is making his own name. You know, he's, he's had, had his dad there and a lot of help. And I think that's irreplaceable, but at the same time, He's created his own name. He's been in the area code circuit. He's played in just about every all-star game uh, known to man, and, and he's created his own name. So it's going to be exciting uh, for him on, on June 4th to see where he ends up. Uh, I hear you. Get away from the old man. Get away. <laughs> just play your game because you got super talent. But, uh, but Alan, you know, has been such a, a great father and a big part of that he development is. as well. So we know that. Absolutely. Too. Nick, uh, Absolutely. It, it, with struggles for the big league team, obviously mean higher draft picks. Uh, pressure associated with that, obviously, you, you got to hit on these, right? Because this is this is uh, the foundation, really. I mean, you, you hope to hit on these and, and make these guys the building blocks for your sustained success going forward, right? No, you're right, Espo. You have to. You have to. You have to get these guys right. And you know, in the process, sometimes there's there's just different timing to it. There's just different. Uh, different things that go into it for the development. And I think we're seeing that. Um, unfortunately, you know, last year with Jake Berger, we've had the injury happen. Um, I think you go back even to Zach Birdie the year before uh, the injury, Alec Hansen had a little bit of a setback with an injury, even though he's back throwing and, and looking like his first start was really good and extended spring. Um, and I think we've just now started to see who the real Zach Collins is and, and he's finally found his groove. So all of these things are, you know, there's nothing about this that you can say you can look into that crystal ball and, and shine it up and, and 
see what it's going to be in, in the end result. So we've got to go through our process and make sure our process is airtight and, and we are happy with the way that we're going about the evaluating process, not only on the field, but off the field as well. And, and you're right. We have to hit on these guys. This is part of, uh, was part of the development and, and the rebuilding plan was to, um, you know, if we have these high picks is to, to make sure we hit on these and make sure these guys are productive big leaguers, either in Chicago or they help us add pieces. Uh, once our big league team is, is ready to take that next step. So, uh, it's never fun going through seasons like this. Um, I don't think that anybody enjoys this, uh, but hopefully, hopefully, come June fourth, we can add to it and, and you know have a little light at the end of the tunnel. In closing with you, Nick uh, Joey Bart's an interesting player to me. Is he the next uh, Johnny Bench coming out, or is that a uh, a bridge too far at this point? He's going to go pretty quick in the uh, top one or one, two, three as as the draft starts. I'll tell you what, Bruce. If if I tell you there was Johnny Bench in this draft, we'd probably, even though we're not allowed to, we try to trade up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure there's many uh, Johnny Benches left uh, coming out at this hey, point. He didn't but, go. You know, all, just, he wasn't number one. He, I think he went in the second exactly round. Right. Exactly yeah. right. And you know it, it is so. That's one of the things about this draft. You just never know where the Superbird stars are going to come from. But Joey's a supreme talent. Um, you're looking at a catch and throw guy with with huge, huge raw power. Uh, you know, wherever he ends up, I, I fully expect someone to be very, very happy with a potential future backstop in, in their organization for a long, long time. Nick, uh, thanks so much for taking some time out. I know this is a rough time because you're inundated with information and your guys are coming in, as you said, and you're going to sit there and, and make the best picks uh, possible. But thanks for taking some time out for Inside the Clubhouse, Mike, and I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate right. it. Nick Hostetler, the scouting director for the amateur draft and the Chicago White Sox. They picked number four, Cubs picked 24. We'll continue to bring that up uh, as we do our shows starting again next week at our new time from 9 to 11 a.m. Your calls always appreciated, wanted, and looked forward to here at 312-644-6767. And the next segment is yours. We want to hear from you. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, great start yesterday. The Cubs get a uh, series opening win. Another tough luck lose, uh, tough luck loss, excuse me, for the Sox last night, despite good outing again from Ronaldo Lopez. We'll talk about both sides of town with you here on Inside the Clubhouse on The Score. Back on Inside the Clubhouse, welcome in. 670 The Score, Bruce Levine, Mike Esposito here with you. Starting next week, we will be bumped back from 8 a.m. start time to 9 a.m. start time. So 9 to 11, you get an extra hour of sleep, and you could still get two hours of great baseball talk every Saturday morning right here on Chicago Sports Radio. How, 670 The bumped Score. back, Mike? Bumped back from 8 to 9, so you get an extra hour of sleep. Bumped. Pushed forward. Pushed forward. Yeah. Uh, well, you know what yeah. I mean. Well, exciting new time, 9 to 11. Yes. You know, Dr. Cole precedes us with his great sports medicine show, so be listening to that as well. And we'll be uh, taking your calls, as always, is what we're going to do right now, talking Cubs, talking Sox, and we start in Saganash. We have Jake up first, talking Cubs, on Inside the Clubhouse. Hi. Hey, Jake, good morning. Hi, how are you? Thank good. you for taking my call. You know, this. Well, what, here's what I feel about these trades. Um, everybody says, well, at first I'm against both the Chapman trade, the Torres trade, I'm against the... Uh, uh, um, uh, Imanez deceased trade, and I'll tell you why. Everybody talks, including you guys, about, well, we had to do that Chapman trade to win the World Series. People lose track of how lucky we were to win that World Series. After seven games, it was exactly tied. 
Uh, anybody could have won the game. We easily could have lost it in extra innings. We won. It worked out great. Great thing for the city. And that's, but we were lucky. And if we had come in second, that trade would not have been it – w- it wouldn't have been worth it. I think Theo took too much risk on that trade. I thought it was basically a reckless trade. And I thought he did the same thing. I mean, imagine Gleber Torres now in our infield, right? That, so, again, he talks about long-term development, but he doesn't act like it on these trades. Same thing with Jimenez and um, Cease. Right now, the Cubs do not have an outfielder who can both hit and field. Schwarber can – well, Schwarber's fielding better. I take that back. But certainly we have uh, – we could use Jimenez long-term. Who knows about Cease? He's, he looks great, too. What did we get back? Quintana. How's he pitching? Let me ask you this. They're all cogent points that you bring up, and, and, and you've defended those positions quite well. But when you have a depth in an organization in one area and not pitching, uh, what, what are you supposed to do with that depth other than to add to areas that you're weak in? Well, you have to think about, I think, when you have extreme quality, you keep it, and you, you're patient, and you wait so that – you know, now we'd have Torres. He'd be under club control, as they like to say in Wrigleyville, and we'd have a phenomenal player. Right. I mean, what's all this? What, what's all this stuff about Manny Machado and all these ridiculous trade terms, which I think Theo pretty much shot down the other day. But I mean, you know, I mean, I, again, it's a different viewpoint. I know it's not fashionable to. No, I mean, no, it's, 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 it's well thought out, and and we appreciate it. Uh, yep, Mike, call, Mike, Jim. I mean, uh, why not? I mean. You know, I, I, the, the idea of winning the World Series, well, okay, if they, you didn't win the World Series, you, I still think it was you, you trade from depth, you try to build yep. your team to a championship caliber, and it's not forever. The These windows for teams are not forever. And Theo made a point on Molly and Hanley on his appearance the other day. 2016 was that lightning in a bottle season. They came out of the gate, what, 25 and 5? They were the best team in baseball the whole season. That was the year to go for it. Even if they had lost so the World add, Series. You add, you add. You add to your weakest points, which at and that again, point. And again, these keep the in mind, the, the Cubs are not going to be in contention forever. They might have nope. a window here. They're doing their best they can to win another World Series or two. Isn't that really what you want? If I had told you that we, we had to uh, hold on to Torres and trade Russell two years ago when he was hitting 20-something homers and driving in 95 at the major league level, you would have thrown me out the, the uh, ninth floor balcony Again, here. And that it makes for great conversation, and we have the greatest uh, baseball yep. fans in the world, and luckily in this show, some of the more intelligent people knowing about baseball calling in. Let's uh, tackle one more quick call. Stu and Munster is on Inside the Clubhouse. Hey, Stu. Yeah, a quick question. How is the recovery of Zach Birdie and Lewis Robert coming along? Well, uh, Robert's expected to, uh, by June 1st, uh, be uh, – playing in Winston-Salem, and, and hopefully uh, his trek to the major leagues will only be a year or a year and a half. Uh, Birdie is still uh, you know, recovering from his uh, surgery, and we will not know uh, much about him until uh, after this year. But with the uh, – and I'll just throw this in, not knowing anything specific, but the recovery from Tommy John is routine at this point. Well, it's, it's not always routine, but it's, you know, it's usually 12 months, and sometimes for some people it's 15 months depending on uh, – you know, that particular surgery and the recovery time for the player and the cautiousness of the uh, the team. Marty is in Highland Park. Hey, Marty, good morning. Well, hi, fellas. Uh, everybody seems to agree that the, the Sox had to go into this nuclear winter. They've won one playoff game in 13 years, but nobody talks about how they got into that position. 
And I think the answer is look at the Sox draft. Look at the mm-hmm. first three rounds of the Sox draft over the last 10 years. It's pretty much like the Bears. You can see why they're bad. They don't know how to draft. Other than Chris Sale, there is nobody they have drafted in the first three rounds that has helped them. Zach Collins, how Settler had the nerve to talk about Zach Collins who's hitting 265 at double A. This is just not a well-run team. They don't have smart baseball people. I think it's as simple as that. Appreciate it. Um, White Sox have changed scouting directors uh, three times in the last uh, nine years. Uh, Nick has been there since uh, 2015, and we will see how the rest of his picks go. Now for a scoreboard update, Mike Esposito. We're in the CDW Update studio making IT solutions work for you. It's IT orchestration by CDW. CDW, people who get it. Cubs 6, Giants 2 yesterday afternoon at Wrigley. A great start for Kyle Hendricks. Seven innings of one-run ball. Morrow, the save. Zobris and Bryant, two RBIs apiece as the Cubs take the series opener. Jose Quintana tonight against Chris Stratton. Zach Zaidman has your pregame at 540 right here on the score. White Sox blow a lead in the 8th. Tigers 5, White Sox 4, Detroit got 3 in the 8th off of Bruce Rondon. Ronaldo Lopez, 7 innings of 2-run ball. Hector Santiago, Francisco Liriano tonight. How about that? A LeBron James guy as he carries the Cavs to another playoff victory, 109-99 over Boston last night. Series tied at 3. Game 7 will happen in Boston. Game 6 in uh, the Bay Area tonight, Golden State and uh, Houston, excuse me, the Rockets leading the series 3-2, to two, no Chris Paul in that one. I'm Mike Esposito. You're listening to the radio home for Cubs baseball, 670 the score. Next game on the score tonight at 540 when the Cubs take on the Giants. 670 the score and 670thescore.com, Chicago Sports Station. Back on Inside the Clubhouse here in Chicago Sports Radio, 670 the score. Starting next week, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., Every Saturday morning. Everybody gets to sleep an extra hour and then start talking baseball from 9 to 11. You and I, the rest of the year, will be talking uh, at that time. Then Rosie will follow us with you most of the time with his uh, great look at uh, the world of sports. It's an uncharacteristic, strange look, but nonetheless very interesting (laughs) and fascinating. It it is that, and he is in the building, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, uh, We we tossed about the... uh, uh, the thought of a, a special Cubs guest, and uh, I believe uh, we have said special Cubs. We guest. are uh, uh, privileged, Mike, to uh, bring on in, the line right now to bring in the uh, first baseman from the Chicago Cubs, Anthony Rizzo, joining us on Inside the Clubhouse on this Saturday morning. Good morning, Riz. Uh, how was the event last night? Uh, the main event for uh, Joe and uh, and Jay and uh, their great uh, fundraiser. It was good. It was good. It was a good time. It's it's uh, those kids, man. They they uh, they can box. It was fun to watch. I know you you play a whole game and you go out there and you do the extra thing, and that's what you have been all about with the Anthony Rizzo Foundation and the great things you do for uh, cancer research and uh, those young kids out there. You spent a day in Peoria on an off day. Uh, Contributing, I believe, was a million dollars there to uh, their research. Uh, tell us a little bit about that day. Um, yeah, the, in Peoria was nice. It was uh, the Heller uh, Center, which is basically like our foundation that we do, and they focus really a lot on the families and helping the families get through it any way they can. Uh, not only the kid 
that's going through it, the child that's going through it, but they really specialize in the family as well. So it was a good day. We visited kids, uh, know a lot of donors, and we had a good time. We were in and out of there pretty quick. Looking at uh, your team right now, um, is it simple as baseball weather and, uh, you know, just, you know, feeling like it's a day of baseball that, uh, and again, not building any excuses because everybody plays in bad weather in the Midwest, but, uh, you know, just, you know, just watching that game yesterday looked like Chicago Cup baseball, 85 degrees sunshine. I know you can't have optimum conditions, but uh, is is that kind of what might help turn this team into the the team that you expect it to be? Uh, I mean, I think you're you're absolutely right with the weather yesterday. I mean, I said it to a few different people. Uh, you know, this is Wrigley Field. The ivy is green. It was nice and warm. The crowd was amazing. So I think, you know, as just the summer gets rolling, uh, you know, whether you get on a hot streak in April or May or you get on a hot streak in June or July, uh, you got to get on a hot streak at some point. So, uh, and most all good teams that win divisions go, really do go on a hot streak. It's I think what we did in 16 going door to door the entire year was is pretty rare for for a team throughout the season. Anthony Rizzo is our guest here on Inside the Clubhouse on the Score. And Anthony, one of the things we saw a ton in 2016, and we saw it yesterday too with with Zobrist and with Bryant. Big hits with runners in scoring position. Sometimes a struggle this year, but yesterday you guys uh, got some big hits there. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Is uh, you know we keep putting ourselves in position to get hits. Uh, it's our driving runs. Good things are going to happen. We just got to keep having good at bats when we're in those uh, scenarios. You have uh, spoiled the uh, people in Chicago with the great teams that Theo has built around and Joe has managed, and you guys have played. Tremendous ball the last three years. Do you think at some point uh, fan base and media are unrealistic in expecting you guys to just put the pedal to the metal and just win 100 games every year and just coast into the playoffs? Uh, I mean, we have a great team. There's no doubt about it. So I think uh, as a fan, you, you want your team to play the best. We want to play the best. So we just focus every day on you know, being ready to play that day and bringing everything we have and and trying to win that game. Anthony, uh, we talk about uh, struggles that players have their first year uh, with a new club and specifically this year about you, Darvish. But I want to ask you about your experience because you had that going from not only from Boston to San Diego, but then coming into Chicago too from the Padres. How how was that adjustment period work? Because obviously you're rearranging your whole life and, and the baseball stuff is part of it, but the life stuff is part of it too, isn't it? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, when you get traded, you just – it's business. You know it's business. So you go from one city to the other. Um, obviously, I'm lucky to be in good cities, San Diego and Chicago. But um, it's it's part of uh, growing up. It's part of the learning experience. Uh, and uh, I'm grateful for where I'm at right now. When uh, you are out there with your teammates – before games and you're getting ready preparation for everything the uniqueness of uh preparation as a cub compared to maybe other teams are about where you have optional you know provisions built in by joe and the coaching staff how much does that help relax and prepare a player knowing that he's not forced to just do calisthenics run around like uh two and a half three hours before a game 
which never made any sense to me anyways because of the fact that you're not playing for two hours, yet you're stretching and you're you know getting ready like you're just going to go out there to play. How much does that help you and the, the rest of the players just mentally prepare for a game? Uh, it, it definitely helps, you know, especially in the long run when the season does start getting to get a little long. Um, you know, when we start playing a lot of games in a row, especially in August, uh, in the long run, it definitely helps. Great job at being do work and, and doing the preparation the right way and, and smart instead of the long, you know, prolonged uh, quote unquote eyewash type thing. Sometimes right. we just do uh, the necessary stuff, and when guys need extra work, they do their extra work. Anthony Rizzo, our guest here on Inside the Clubhouse. A few more minutes with Riz, and we appreciate you jumping on with us today, Anthony. Um, one of the things that uh, I know Cub fans appreciate about you is that is that you're out there every day. You're you know first base Rizzo. You could write it in with pen. You don't have to worry about that. Uh, how is how is that for you in terms of uh, physical preparation? I mean, is that something? Do you feel at times, hey, you know, I could use a blow today, but I'm really not going to do that because I want to play more than anything. How do you juggle that during the season? Because obviously it's a ton of games uh, in a short, uh, obviously condensed period of time. Yeah, I think it's all uh, mental. The physical part, you know, physically I'll be there. Um, the body can do crazy things that you tell it to do. So um, it's just a matter of uh, staying in the moment and not not getting outside of the moment. Uh, I mean, I, I train myself to play every single day. That's my mentality, and uh, that's what I, I pride myself on as well. You uh, you guys, you know, I'm in there in the clubhouse every day with, with some of the other media. We don't really see the essence of the fun that you guys have and how you cut it up and have a good time there. I mean, you know, uh, that's that's such a huge part of the game is uh, having fun and, and cutting up with your teammates. Uh, you know, just like, uh, you know, Hendricks told me, uh, you know, Rizzo gave me the name Mr. Ricketts, you know, because he thinks <laughs> – he thinks I look like Mr. Ricketts, and 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 that type That's of stuff one. is is so much a, a big part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, you gotta have fun. I mean, I think that in any environment of work you work in, if you're in a bad environment and you're not enjoying the guys you're around, the people you're around, it's just not going to be fun. And we have fun. Uh, we play a game, and we make the most out of uh, our opportunity that we have, and we have a great time doing it. And Riz, uh, this is uh, your seventh season. I know, hard to believe I had to count myself, but uh, you've been here a long time. I mean, it doesn't seem like it. It, it seems like only yesterday that uh, you were you were acquired, but you've been here for now your seventh season. Uh, and I know you're not an old guy, but I mean, how does that in, in your mind, how does it, do you feel like the, the elder statesman? Do you, uh, you feel like, you know, the grizzled veteran who's been here forever? Or you still feel, uh, you know, like the 28 the year old kid that you are at playing baseball? I feel great. I feel uh, I feel very lucky that I'm here in this city and uh, have the opportunity to play, and I enjoy it, and I, I never take it for granted, that's for sure. Some of the, uh, the mental mistakes or the fatigue that sets in early in the year where uh, you and your teammates uh, you know, aren't running the bases uh, like you always do, I mean, you, I think you guys kind of spoiled people because you were not only physically a, an, an outstanding team, but you played the game – as smart and as well as anybody. Some of this early going here has been a little surprising as far as what Theo says was mental pre- preparation of the game. Has it been surprising to you as well? Uh, a little bit because we're, we're a lot better than that. And we know that and we have discussions about that. So 
I think I think the best is yet to come for this team, obviously, and I think uh, guys, we were all really going to lock in, and we all really care about each other, and that's the biggest thing. Anthony Rizzo talking uh, Cubs baseball for a few more minutes here on Inside the Clubhouse, and Theo came out before the game yesterday, Riz, and, and uh, without specifically naming any players, basically said, you know, it's way too early for trade rumors and anything else that uh, you hear is fantasy land because we're not talking to anybody at this point. Uh, as a player in the clubhouse, and certainly you guys all have access to everything on Twitter or, you know, the internet, whatever, as you see rumors floating around, you've been around the game long enough. Is that something that, that can still bother a guy, or is that something where if you especially see something uh, specifically targeting one of the other guys in the clubhouse that, that you might make mention of or, or try to uh, talk to the other guy in, in question? Uh, we know enough now that, you know, rumors are rumors. They're going to be out there. Your entire career, you're going to hear rumors all the time. I mean, where was the rumor that Hanley Ramirez is getting DFA'd? There wasn't one. Exactly. And he gets DFA'd out of nowhere. So um, it's just, it's part of uh, the whole process of being a ball player. And, uh, you know, we do a good job at, really not letting that distract us at all. In closing with you, Riz, um, as a baseball fan, and I know you're, you're not only a, a huge baseball fan, but you're a huge sports fan. When you watch Javier Baez play, is it is it hard not to just uh, step aside and go, wow, how did he do that? How does he control his body that way? Where did he, where did he think this up to be able to use that in his mind and body and come out? Uh, it's got to it's be fun to watch for you on a daily basis. It is. He's uh, he does. He's a special player. He's got talent. You know, he's five tool player. His instincts are off the charts, and that's probably the most you know fun thing to watch about him is his baseball instincts, his IQ. So, um, and I think you know he's only going to continue to get better, which is which is scary for the league. Riz, give us a couple of websites where people can go to to uh, donate to the Anthony Rizzo Foundation and uh, the Cure for Cancer Pediatric Care for Children and all the great things that you guys do out there along with uh, you and Abby and everybody else, your whole family. Uh, you can go to com and that website is up and running and you know you can donate there uh, through, different, through different links that are on there. Riz, thanks for the time. Thanks for being not only a uh, great Chicago player, but great Chicago person and a great person in general. We appreciate it, and have a good day. We'll see you out at the ballpark. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks. Thanks. Anthony Rizzo here on uh, Inside the Clubhouse and The Score, sharing some thoughts about the game. Uh, We have a couple minutes left. You want to join us? 312-644-6767. Rosie and Mike take over at 10 o'clock. But we have a few more minutes, as Bruce mentioned, inside the clubhouse, and a pleasure to be able to talk to uh, Mr. Yeah, Rizzo there. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, uh, you know, he did say, you know, that they expect to clean things up a little bit, play their best ball ahead of them. And, you know, yesterday was indicative of more of what the, they expect from the Chicago White Sox, I, Chicago I, Cubs. I agree with you, though, in terms of, and it, as, as silly as it sounds, I guess to some people it wouldn't sound silly, having games in conditions that you're used to at Wrigley Field you know, the, the winter weather, I mean, it's it's very Chicago that this week it's going to be in the 90s, and last week it was in the 40s. I mean, that's just the way it works. But not easy to play baseball, and especially if you're seesawing to different weather uh, and with all the wind conditions and the bitter cold that we had. It was really a difficult few months uh, to start the season in terms of weather and in terms of getting in any kind of groove. 
You had a ton of delays, a ton of missed games. You mentioned earlier in the show, what is it, five games they've missed so far this year? So so certainly having your your uh, summer weather come in finally uh, is going to be helpful, I think, to this Cubs team. Well, I don't think there's any doubt about it. And, uh, you know, Rizzo, we didn't talk about it with him, but, you know, the eight games that he missed with his back injury, that was certainly, uh, you know, put him down in the dumps. He's starting to swing the bat better feel better, look better out there. But he hates talking about himself. So we talked to him about what's going on with the team, what's going on with uh, you know his charitable events. It's, it's great to have Riz on the score. We still have a few more minutes for your phone calls at 312-644-6767. Uh, give us a buzz. Let's start up in uh, Wisconsin. We have Bob up on the, on the line. Hey, Bob, good morning. Hi, uh, good morning. Uh, thanks for uh, taking uh, my call. And, uh, again, like to uh, give some input about uh, <clears throat> the Sox and the rebuild program. Obviously, so far this year, it looks, uh, it looks pretty pathetic. And, and I understand uh, the response is going to be it's going to take about two to three years. You know, the front office has told us that. But you know what? I went to a Milwaukee Brewers game, and let's compare the Milwaukee Brewers versus what they've done compared to the White Sox. I uh, – there's some huge holes here in this whole program. And obviously the front of, front office is just going to say, say, be patient. This is a two-, three-year program. But uh, there's some holes in the whole program. And uh, I guess my, uh, my question is, who is actively uh, taking the position of uh, having some doubt? Well, you are, yeah. and uh, thanks for your call, Bob. And there are a lot of people out there. Look, during the Cub rebuild, we had these same calls, Mike. Yeah, I mean, no it, doubt. it was very difficult. 2012-13, a disaster for the Cubs. They averaged 100 losses, and, uh, you know, it was hard to see the forest through the trees. And, and then you come up with these great drafts, which the White Sox want to continue to try doing here. They're hopefully going to get a top player here right in the draft. And next year – they're probably going to get one, two, or three in the draft again. Okay, this is a big part of the rebuild. That and the trades they make, the international signings they have, and the development of the players there. We know that if they've gotten twenty-five new players in the organization in the last two years, that only half of them uh, will make it to the major leagues, and maybe three or four are going to be outstanding players. That's just the part of it. There's a huge amount of uh, this. Thing to go. It's only been 18 months that they've been doing it. I think we have time for one more call. Let's uh, get George out on the near north side up. Hey, George, good morning. Hey, guys. Um, yeah, yeah, the weather definitely contributed to the slow start, but also some of the scary things like Bryant getting hit. Uh, you know, when you can see like one of your, well, I think the best player in baseball could go down. It's a dangerous game, and, you know, we got to be thankful that these guys, you know, they're human beings, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, they're going to come together. That's all I can say. Appreciate it, George. Uh, Thanks, we appreciate George. Uh, everybody today. Anthony Rizzo, our special guest, joining us in Inside the Clubhouse. That'll be brought back this uh, over the weekend here and into the shows. Rosie and Mike next. People can follow me on Twitter at MLB Bruce Levine. I write on our 670 The Score website, Everyday Cubs and Sox. Next week, uh, 9 until 11, our new Inside the Clubhouse time here on The Score, Mike. That's right. I'm on Twitter at Espo670. Thanks to Riz. Thanks to Jim Callis. Thanks to Nick Hostetler, our guests. Uh, great show as always, and we love doing it. Love talking to you, the Chicago baseball fan. Coming up next, lowering the bar on your Saturday, Steve Rosenblum will enter the studio on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 